This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, did you know Americans stop or prevent a violent crime one to three, get this, million times per year with a gun? That's right. uh, Studies from Florida State, the CDC, and the Crime Prevention Research Center show that guns are used to protect life 25 times more often than when they are used to take life, 25 times. And that estimate is on the low end. And if you believe that good people deserve the best tools to deserve uh, to defend themselves and their families, then you should be a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. San Diego County Gun Owners makes it easy to connect with the community that's fighting to defend and restore your Second Amendment right. Become a member today. It's only $10 a month. That's right, $10 a month. Can't even buy breakfast for that. Go to sdcgo.org slash join to become a member today. Boy, we've got a great crowd in here. We've got uh, Alicia, we got Joe, and we have a very special guest. You can introduce him. All right, well, today we have a guest. His name is is Gabe, and uh, he has an interesting history. He worked uh, in the comic book industry, and we're going to have a whole discussion about why he's here and, and why he's changed his, All right. his so, uh, working situation. Looking forward to talking to him, and we want to learn how you can get a CCW permit. Only a couple of spots left. You probably know all about that, right, Joe? Yeah, it's the same seminar we do. So, um, so yeah, they're doing it at the uh, – where's that at? They're doing it at the San Diego Flight Training International on Aero Drive. You can register at www.gunownersradio.com slash CCW. I think what you should do is get your CCW and then go take a flight. Well, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You've been, you been up on a private plane lately? No, I avoid those. I When I was doing search and rescue, the helicopters were okay. That was bad the, enough. The fixed wing, ah, I wasn't. Yeah, with a helicopter, you'd fall out of the sky yeah, you easier fall, on that you thing. You fall slowly, though, with the helicopter. Yeah, not change that. Did you see that trainer somebody's built for helicopters? You're no. fixed to the ground, and you're in it, and the helicopter can spin and do all kinds of things, but it never leaves the ground. Yeah. So I'm going to go take that there one. There you go. Uh, also, the gun show, that's right, folks, the gun show is back on June 3rd and 4th, and you can get a $3 discount at gunownersradio.com uh, slash gun show. And uh, there's and that's it's actually called the Gun Owners Symposium. Two full days of presentations on the truth around gun ownership, plus the CCW seminar, situational awareness for teens, CCW lifestyles, and more. Uh, and you can get uh, free gun show admission. You just got to go to gun 
ownersradio.com symposium. And there's going to be prizes from 511. And if you don't have any 511 gear, you'll be you, you need to get with the program, bags, packs, and a whole lot more. So it should be a good show. It's going to be a great show. Yeah. Are you looking forward to it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll nice. be there on the third. You'll find me there in and the symposium. The yep. Well, actually, the fourth is a Sunday, isn't it? It is, correct. Then we will, some of us will be here at, all together. Mike, by the way, if you're wondering where Mr. Schwartz is, he is with his dad. And they're eating Mexican food. They're eating watermelon. So I think he just wanted a good quality vacation. What do you think? I wonder if he found any spaghetti. Yeah, he's never going to find Denny's. No. I don't even think they have Denny's back there. You think they have Denny's back there? Probably. Yeah, you missed that discussion, Dave or Gabe. There was a uh, just a big thing about um, Michael Schwartz, uh, the guy that's usually here, is uh, was real into Denny's spaghetti. Says so it's the yeah, best. That's, that's exactly the look. he's ever eaten. <laughs> From Italian restaurants all the way across the board, and he swears by it. And then one day he goes in. <laughs> he left the show, drives to Denny's, goes in, and no spaghetti. Wow. And he ranted and raved and ranted for what, weeks? Yeah, yeah. You can imagine the discussion there because, you know, my name, Dramisi, and then my mom's last name, Gambino. So oh, I, talk I, about you never, that's right. Denny's spaghetti. Yeah, and every Italian that listens, just their cringe factor. I'm not even Italian, but I know everyone is bad at something, so I guess uh, our friend here doesn't know Italian food is what I'm guessing. But have you ever seen Mike? No, I haven't seen He likes food. Oh, does he? (laughs) I mean, I'm just being honest, right? Maybe he's not picky. Maybe that's what it is. No, he probably isn't. He does like to eat, though. I was just at Spirito's with my wife for lunch up in Carlsbad. Oh, Okay, is that Italian? Outrageously good. Is it good? uh, My dad's been a gourmet chef for 50 years. Uh, On my mom's side, we own a Mexican restaurant. And he likes it? Uh, No, he's never been there. He's in Colorado, my dad. But it's as good as his red sauce. And my dad's in a gourmet for like 50 years. I'd be careful with that. So it's good. Spiritos and Carlsbad. Spiritos. Did you pick that up from your dad too? You a good uh, cook? Very good cook. On my mom's side, we owned a Mexican restaurant for 50 years. So I was in there since I was a little kid making tortillas. Okay, great. Yeah, Yeah, and then just cooking with my dad all the time. And yeah. All right. Still cook? Love to cook. Made uh, breakfast for Mother's Day and then made oxtail stew for dinner on Mother's Day. Uh, Oxtail stew. Got your own special uh, recipe? Yeah, my dad would make oxtail stew. It was, a, oh. it was a favorite for me as a kid. So you're so just then, stealing all your dad's recipes. That's how we learn. That's how you that's learn. what we're going to talk about today is keeping traditions alive, right? So, Absolutely, and right. that is so important. And a lot of people just don't think about that. But, you know, I mean, of course, I'm older than dirt, so the traditions from way back when, which are not being taught nor learned or experienced today, it's really kind of a, a sad connotation. You know, you hate getting old, but, boy, am I glad I grew up when I did. <laughs> I bet because it's crazy out there right now. Right. So yeah, right. so this will this will be a great discussion today because uh, the stuff watching what you were talking about and what you had the courage to do. It's like I've been preaching that for like the last five years now. Well, thank you. So thank it you. is it is really great. Be oh, a good that's right. Today. Yeah, you just packed it in and said you could take this woke and put it where the sun don't shine. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense if no. you're really thinking critically. Does it just, make any sense? It doesn't. No, make it doesn't. Any sense. It's all based on vanity. People, they say those things. They don't mean. I mean, is this time for this yet? Or are we still in the first? No, nah, we're gonna hold you. We're, we still got a couple more minutes, but uh, we'll get to yeah. it. Yeah, San Diego it's, County gun owners, folks. If you have not thought about it or even done it, you need to join. It's so simple. Ten dollars a month. You can turn it on a direct credit card if you want. It'll just take it out monthly. You won't even know it. You and when you do that, 
I personally would would go up and what's what's the top? What do they call the top ten ring? I don't. You ask me these questions. I, I you know, it's uh, is, is it, I'm what supposed you? to know. Aren't you, aren't you, uh, <laughs> I'm a ten ringer, but I mean, they've broken it. They, but it's a ten ringer. They've it created is. some other things. See, but that's then. the only one I know. My yeah, that's what I pay attention to. <laughs> in fact, it was so funny. So I didn't realize it. You know, I do the ten ringer. Was it hundred a month? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So and I, it just comes out of my credit card. And Michael says, "You sure you want to do this?" I go, "Well, you're a hell of a salesman." <laughs> You try to talk me out of it? No, I see, just, he sucked me right in. Well, yeah, uh, he sucked you in. That put you on the board. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, when I did, because I because I called him back. So, can I get a little more involved? I want to get more involved. Oh, you oh yeah. Said that. <laughs> so yeah, so I do it, and then all of a sudden I get a I get a copy of Recall Magazine. I go, I don't remember. Oh, Recall Magazine, yeah. Yeah, and I said, I don't remember subscribing to this. So Mike, I call Mike up. He goes, no, dummy, it's part of your 10 ring. <laughs> well, nobody told me what, co- and then you get tables, uh, shooting socials and all kinds of stuff with it. Yeah. We do the, uh, the sporting clays thing too. Yeah, sporting uh, Cause clays. I come back into that now too. So I'm, I'm hosting that every other month. Oh, are you really? So that's a 10 ring thing that we do. Yeah. Where do you do that? Out at Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club. So Which is yeah. in Alpine. In Alpine. Yeah. That's, uh, that, there's a long story there I too. Know. They should but, work uh, on that. Hey, let me ask you this. I mean, I love throwing questions at South Bay Rod and Gun. They were having a real problem with the well. The city was going to shut them down. They had to put thousands and thousands of dollars in to get the water up to par. You know where they're at on that? Yeah, no, I do not. But we had the same challenge up at Lemon Grove. Did we you had to get passed down? Yeah. But you must have got through it. We did. Yeah. Gun Owners Radio FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. got the Brendan Thomas look. And you can always tell when you get that death-defying look. They were ready to come back on air. At least I didn't start waving. That's the one no. where you're like, oh, that's urgent now. Oh, okay. you know who does that? I know. Plenty Chris. of other guys. Chris, Oh, Joe. my God. He almost dislocates his shoulder. <laughs> gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1-1170. The answer. Hey, if you want a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need California's firearm lawyer, John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, (coughs) gun transportation, excuse me. Or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now, 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon, California firearms lawyer, 760-642-7150. All right, you want to take this one? Absolutely. All right, so we have in studio today with us, he's a writer and an artist. His name is Gabe El Taib, and he gave up his dream job of working at DC Comics, and uh, that happened when they turned their back, and they kind of changed to more of a woke culture, and we're going to get all into the weeds of that. And Gabe had a really interesting article on Babylon B that we're just going to kind of dive right in and have a great time with. All right, slip him the microphone. All right, Gabe. Here you go. All right, bring it this way, I guess. All right, so thanks for having me. Start off with what got you into comics? 
Well, we were talking earlier. I told you my grandparents had a Mexican restaurant, right? Okay. So uh, I was always there before I was in kindergarten, just hanging out in the kitchen and doing stuff. And there was big rolls of butcher paper. Yeah. So I'd pull those out and just draw on them all the time to keep myself occupied. Because uh, it wasn't, it, this was 1981 or 82 right. or whatever. So it wasn't hand the kid an iPhone. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was, yeah. hey, go find something to do. And boredom is the greatest thing for imagination. If you're sure. bored, you're going to make up fun stuff to do. So I was a Star Wars fanatic from whenever I can remember, age three or whatever. So I would just draw Star Wars space battles on butcher paper. That's how I got into uh, loving to draw. Right. But I have that. No training. I mean, eventually I went to college. Well, and all yeah, that, but, but I, I mean, was, that's just naturally. It was just what's in here. Got I had to do here. it. I had to do it all the time, my whole life, because I just love it. I don't know. It's like someone who likes to sing or whatever. They just have to do it. It's just in you. That's yeah. how you are. So I got to tell you a cute story. So I worked in Northern California in Vallejo, mm-hmm. and I used to work at Safeway. And at the end displays, you know, you'd have all your all your foods and everything. And the end display would they try to put some kind of advertising on it. So I went back into the butcher shop and I pulled out a big roll of it and I did peanuts. Oh, cool. And whatever was on the end display, peanuts and Lucy and everybody was carrying it around. I just had a blast with it. So I wrote it all out. Turns out Mr. Schultz lived about 20 miles from the grocery store. Yeah. So all these lawyers come walking in. Descend upon the safe way. And Mr. Schultz came in and he says, who is doing these? He is, he is. They all point at me. I didn't know. I was just a kid. I must have been. What, 17, 18? I didn't know. And he says, I have two things for you. I go, what's that? Stop. Don't ever do that again. And second, you're really good. Well, there you go. So I took that as a compliment, and I never intended it. So I, I kind of get where you're coming from, and I still like to draw it, not as much as you did. So then you got into DC Comics? Uh, when I was 13, I saw X-Men Issue 1. They had relaunched it in 1992 or 91, whenever I was 13. Saw it at my friend's house. I didn't collect comics, but I always knew what they were. But I right. was, and I was like, "What is this?" Because it was electric, and uh, it sold the most copies of any comic book right. ever. It sold eight million copies. It was drawn by Jim Lee, who's now president of uh, DC Comics at Warner Brothers. Uh-huh. And I wanted to be him. I wanted to be his friend. I wanted to work with him and all that. And I was growing up here at the time. I lived in Rancho Bernardo when I was a kid. Okay. And so I started buying comic books that summer and just addicted. And then uh, I was reading the letter section in the back. And he had formed a new company, blah, blah, blah. And their studio was in Mira Mesa. I'm like, oh, my favorite artist lives in town. Wow. So that made it really real to me. Uh, a few years later, when I was a senior in high school, I loved to play basketball. You remember the 90s, Michael Jordan, everyone was playing basketball all the time. We'd play at the local elementary school by my house all the time. And uh, an older guy, he was like 25, 26. We're all like 16, 17. <laughs> That's definitely he, an older guy. He was guy. shooting over there all the time by himself. And, and someone said, hey, that guy, he draws comics, that guy. You should go talk to him. Uh, my girlfriend at the time is my wife now. And I went and talked to him, and he was Scott Clark. Uh, rest in peace. He passed away a few years ago, but he worked for Jim Lee at his studio. So oh. it became very real to me, like, oh, just anyone can do this if they work hard enough. And I've always had that attitude naturally about life. I don't think there's anything anyone can do that someone else can't. Yeah. If one man can do it, any man can do yeah. it. It just has a price that it yeah. costs. If you're willing to pay it, then you can right. have it too. And I'm sure your family gave you a good work ethic. Of course. My grandpa, World <laughs> War II veteran. And yeah, there, there's up. no slacks in this family. No, 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 no. A World War II veteran. Uh, and, you know, opened a tortilla factory like in the early 50s. And we all worked in it. Everyone in the family has worked in that tortilla factory plenty. And it's a Mexican restaurant. Is it still around? Uh, no. Closed up in the 90s because none of his kids carried it on. My uncle uh-huh. became a lawyer. My mom and aunt were teachers. And, yeah. So they and you're a cartoonist. It. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, uh, I've always loved to draw and uh, found yeah. a way to make money doing it. Yeah. So um, got married, 
all that stuff and wasn't successful like trying to find work. I wasn't good enough yet. Yeah. We were living in Poway, me and my wife. Uh-huh. She was working like managing at Coco's. I was working construction. And, yeah. and I found uh, Jim Lee's studio. I was reading an interview they did in a comic book magazine and I saw some pictures in the background. They were taking pictures of the people who worked there when they interviewed them. I saw the Colonial Hotel in La Jolla. I'm like, I know where that is. It was out the window. The lady, Sandra, who's a friend of mine now, she was an artist there. And I saw her standing there, and there was a picture of the Colonial Hotel out behind her. I'm like, I know exactly where that is. So I'm like 19 or 20 years old. So I drive down there. I'm looking, I'm looking. And in one of the windows, like on the third floor, there was a big combo character cut out uh, cardboard. So I went, and I met this guy, Carlos de Anda. He's a friend of mine, a comic book artist, too. I met him in the cafe downstairs. He took me upstairs, and I met everyone. But I didn't get hired. But I would take drawings there once a week. I would draw four comic book pages Drop them off, get a rejection letter. Drop them off, rejection letter. I would just, but I started mailing everyone, DC Comics, Marvel Comics, Dark, all the big companies. I would just mail them these samples every week and then get like four rejection letters every week, sure. which I still have all the rejection letters. And I just stuck to it for a long time. Anyway, we go off to college. I get my degree. My wife gets her degree. And uh, we decided to live in Colorado where we both went to the university there. Uh. But uh, one night uh, I was working now as a freelance comic book artist for little publishers, little things. Not making a ton of money, but I was a full-time artist, so I was right. happy. It was like 2004 and then uh, – no, late 2006, sorry. Shoot, 2007. I'm Years are flying yeah. by, man. I'm only 44, but goodness. <laughs> it was 2007, and I saw Jim Lee, my favorite artist when I was 13. I would always look at his blog. And it was late at night. I'd finished a bunch of other comic book work, and he said they're hiring a colorist at the San Diego studio. And there was a black and white Superman drawing that my friend J.J. Kirby, another artist that worked there, uh, he's my good friend now, um, he had drawn this black and white Superman and they asked you to color it. So it's like three in the morning, I'd finished other work, I didn't want to do it. And I clicked through and I saw all these submissions, 59 of them, I remember. Wow. And they were terrible. I'm like, I'm better than all these people. <laughs> so I colored it and emailed it in and then two weeks later they called me and offered me the job. So we ended up moving back to San Diego. And I worked at Warner Brothers, DC Comics, their studio in La Jolla. You know where the seals are yeah. in La Jolla, that children's pool? Yeah. It's on that street. Just up, It's all in Burbank now. Yeah, yeah, But it yeah. was on the corner of Prospect and Jenner, the La Jolla Bank building. Wow. DC Comics had an office there forever. Nobody knew about it. They wouldn't put their name on the building because uh-huh. people like me would drive around and look yeah. in the windows. <laughs> and, and beat on the doors. But it's and... like, that's how I was raised, you know what I mean, to like be tenacious and don't <laughs> give up on what you want. You're going to live once. Yeah. No, I, I'm it. right. Dude, you know? I could tell you stories. Right. It's how I got radio and TV. Right. Because yeah. you want it. Because I want it. work for it. Right. I started when I was 50. So I get I get where you're coming right. from. Right. No is not in my vocabulary. Right. I used to tell girls, you're lucky I don't want to date you. Because <laughs> I would. <laughs> you cannot say no if right. I get my head in the right place. Right. I so, feel exactly the same way. So it, what, what, what comics did you write on, work on? If you name it, I've worked on it. Oh. Ghostbusters, Star Wars, uh, okay. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, every last thing. You think of a famous character I've worked on. Hey, can you believe what? comic books are going for nowadays um some of the older ones yeah they're going for a lot of money pretty um, crazy on ebay and all that i have some friends what's the comic book world like today uh it's in horrible shape everyone's they're all going out of business now independent guys like me were doing great making a lot more money than i ever made yeah in that business being independent and i made good money working for them i'm making really good money now but are you still uh, working for them no 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 i'm independent now that's the whole Uh, point of uh, what i did here because but your reputation precedes you i'm sure Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I do excellent work. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. back up to that for a little bit, though. You said the comic book in- industry is uh, in bad shape. What what Horrific. led to that or how how did that happen, I guess? How did they you know get to that point? Um, it's, it's, it's a combination of things, but I would say the largest thing is the get woke, go broke kind of thing. And you uh, see, I mean, 
Disney World opened the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel a year and a half ago, right? They spend, I don't know, maybe billions to build a hotel, and they're shutting it. They just announced they're shutting it. Oh, really? Because it's based on the new woke Star Wars that nobody likes. There's no Han Solo. There's no C-3PO. It's all the, the new stupid girl power characters no. and the, the weak wish What are they men. thinking? Their audience can't be Here, that big. Here's the thing. I worked at Warner Brothers. I was an actual employee when I worked at the La Jolla office, and most of the people are normal. They're not leftist, weirdo, woke. They're right. lefties, but they're normal, yeah, yeah, nice yeah. people. But there's just a few, and that's all it takes, right. of insane, blue hair, crazy kooks, yeah. and they terrify everyone. So they say, we're doing this, we're in not progressive, but whatever it is, this destructive, woke ideology, and everyone else just puts their head down so they don't get canceled. Well, I'm not that guy. Like, you're messing with the wrong guy, because I'm not... Yeah. I'm, you're in serious trouble. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not... You know, I like comics, and I like... I'm not a nerd, though. Yeah. I'm like a, I was a football coach forever. I love. Well, you to took you took comics seriously. I took it as a craftsman. Right. No different than I'm a Because you're, you're a storyteller. Or, you know how I took it? The exact same way I took working in my grandparents' restaurant. Yeah. You do the work and That's you get right. it done on time and you do your best job because your name's on it. That's right. You know? Wow. This is work. And I think too many... I told my wife when I was in college, uh, taking, getting an art degree, so many of these people don't love art. They love the idea of being praised as a rock star. They're in it for the ego. Mm. And it shows their work is shabby. You know, I mean, that's where we get the whole, I won't go too deep into it, but the whole modern art movement, Jackson Pollock, splattering paint and all that avant-garde garbage. It takes a long time to earn skills, to really draw, to really paint, to really sculpt. And that's boring for narcissistic, you know, selfish people. They'd rather splatter paint and say it was something about tension and genius. I know somebody that does that. You know, oh, do you? And sells them real, real expensive. it's good, good money if you can make it. And you could just blow through a tube, you know, I mean, it's, right. what what an art talent. You you took a semester in Two blowing, didn't you? Uh, I took two semesters and summer school, yes. So. Yeah, I used to have that discussion with a friend of mine in college that was an artist. And, it's not you know, art. and my argument is like, you know, just because somebody calls themselves an artist, yeah. the thing that they do is not art No, I can't just call myself a lawyer or a doctor. <laughs> you, you could, have to earn but. those skills. I know. You know. Unless if I played basketball, I could be like, you know, Dr. J. I guess you could be a doctor that way. Yeah, that's you made about a soda, club. Dr. Pepper, right? Oh, so, there you go. All right, hey, let's take a quick break. Doctors. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio. We'll be back with a whole lot more with uh, Gabe FM Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring gun owners' self-defense rights. If you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, you need to join OCGunOwners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the organization to help get more pro-Second Amendment officials elected. Become a member today, OCGunOwners.com slash Join. All right. You want to take up from where I just left off? I'll let you do this segment. <laughs> All right. So, Gabe, so just uh, so kind of just leading in from where we left off. So guns, uh, you know, are, are pretty commonplace in comics. So let's kind of tie in. 
tie in your history with what we do here. So, uh, you know, there there is a big a big portion of the industry that has a firearm kind of um, balance to it. So some of the guns designed by artists in these comic books are, are pretty awesome, but there's still an aversion to guns. Um, Batman famously doesn't use guns, but he did when he first started. I'm right. curious what your take is on all of this. Um, my take on guns and comics, um, you know, of, of all the leftist, weird, progressive political things they do in comics, I don't think guns are put down that much in comics. I think uh, masculinity in general and traditional conservative like values are put down. Anything patriotic or Christian or men are actually intelligent or actually ever did anything or discovered it, that's all crapped on all day. But guns, that's, uh, that's fine in comics, I guess. The, it's, it's just like Hollywood actors. They'll come out about, we got to get rid of the guns. And then they're in their new, come see my movie Friday, and they have like two ARs, you know, they're akimbo like this. And then like we have to outlaw them. And then they have private security in real life with guns. So it's like, well, which is it? So there is a, a total disconnect there from the politics of a lot of these people. Guns are a problem and should be illegal, which I disagree with completely, of course. And then what they do to make money. So I would say there's a big hypocrisy there that you have these oversized sci-fi guns and then the same person drawing that and writing that, they're saying, oh yeah, but it needs to be illegal and this and that. So I think there's just a hypocrisy there. But it's not an issue that comes up a lot. The issue that's woke in comics that's destroying it is the like the gender political progressives. It's all the same thing you're seeing in the rest of the arena. And it's all by design too, by the way. And really? so. Go back to what you were saying before too, because you were saying it when uh, we were asking you about the industry, you're saying it's it's really a small minority of really vocal people right. that right. are doing that. And then the rest of the people, because you see that all across the country in all sorts of different areas and industries of and course. institutions where people don't speak up about it for different reasons. And then it's just gotten to the point now, like with guns especially, we, you know, gun owners are to blame for this. We've let this go for 50 years. They've mm-hmm. been doing this and we haven't said anything. And now, you know, we're fighting for stuff that we should not be fighting for. I mean, it, it, we shouldn't have to do this. But talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Um, from okay. What you saw. Well, I would say about the limited, uh, the small number of people causing the problem. It's like, well, uh, one bad apple spoils the whole bunch, right? But I think most people are afraid of confrontation because. I don't know. I think they're being cowards. I'm not afraid of it at all. I don't like to fight, but if you need to fight and argue and stand up for what's right, then you do so. You want peace, but if they don't want peace, what is your choice, right? right. And I would say, um, have you ever read Atlas Shrugged? Yes, I have. Uh, it's fa- I'm, I'm Christian. I don't like her anti-God angle in the book, but I love the rest of the book. And the book sounds like it was written last week. The villains in that are yes. communist, woke Marxists, and they literally speak like the stuff you're hearing on MSNBC and all that. It's like, I, w- I only read it this year in November, and I was shocked. I'm like, this was written like 70, 80, whatever years ago? Really? Because it sounds like it was written from today's leftist dialogue. Well, doesn't history repeat Of itself? course. There's nothing new under and the I sun. And I think right? that's what, what we're seeing. Right. And unfortunately, we're at that bad sport where this is eventually right. going to spin around and then down the road. It'll all go away, and then it'll all come back again. Right. Well, and it's not new stuff. I mean, it's like your hat up there, right? The, right. The That's why stuff. I wear the anti-socialist social club hat. So, I love it. Yeah. Well, there's like a skateboard brand or something that has this same logo, but it says anti-social social club. Okay. So I kind of made this as a parody. I made it myself. And yeah. I had it printed up. And no so, one's yelling um, at you. Creative. No, I get comments on it. I have a T-shirt of the exact same design. Today I'm wearing my finest Van Damme T-shirt. Yeah, so. I noticed that. <laughs> Did you draw that? No, no, no. My family knows that I love Van Damme. 
I do a podcast on Wednesday nights where we just talk about Van Damme and Schwarzenegger and stuff. Really? Oh, it's on a YouTube show with my good friends of mine. What's the oh, name of it? So people it's called can look Double it Impact. That's one of his Double movies. Double Impact. Right. And me and two other guys, we just talk about 80s and 90s action movies. And it's an improv comedy show, but we go over. Oh, God. Do you know there. Red Dawn? Uh, John Milius, right? Yeah. That's Conan. That's Red Dawn. That's uh, Dirty Harry. You know, he helped uh, start the Rome TV show on HBO. Michael Schwartz is going to be series. so depressed because Why? besides Denny's Spaghetti, Red Dawn, you get him started on Red Dawn. Wolverines. Oh, Come Lord. See, Let's oh, go. He would love you to death. Let's go. Because that's what got him started. Right. In the gun world. Right. And John, he's a big Second Amendment guy is what I've heard. I don't oh, know he him. Yeah. Well, don't you guys know Amanda or something yes, like his yes. daughter? We've, We've had her on the show. We've had her okay. out here. Yeah. yeah. She's amazing. You know, okay. I, Can you say where, are, where they are? Are they in LA? Are they somewhere? I think they're in LA. Okay. I know she is. No? Oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to talk to him because we love his movies. We did Conan on the show. We did Red Dawn on the show. I'd love to talk to him. Talk to, uh, talk to Rich. Okay, I will have and the Richard, show. He'll get you hooked up. Because I'm, I'm really good friends with Dean Kane. you know, Superman. Oh, like, yeah, we're yeah, good yeah, personal yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. And uh, after I came out against one of the DC Comics, he started talking to me on Twitter, and uh, we exchanged phone numbers. Now we've been out to dinner and this and that, and we've actually, we're working on a really neat project I can't talk about too much together, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. But, uh, so yeah, I'd like to meet more people that have a lot of reach. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And it's not easy get, no. you know, getting through. you got to know somebody right. that knows somebody that knows somebody. Right. But I wanted to finish up what you asked me about, about a few people causing trouble and everyone else being a coward. Were that um, management or employees? Both. It's sprinkled okay. everywhere. They just put their garbage a okay. little bit here, a little bit there. But um, I, I think what it is is – it's a culture since the late 50s up till now, and it started small, but it, probably 100 years ago it started. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really brewing with a, anti-masculine, anti-father culture, mm-hmm. saying that men are Homer Simpson and Al Bundy and Archie Bunker, mm-hmm. and they're stupid and they don't know anything, men are trash, blah, blah, blah. Like the Me Too movement, like just like let's ruin men's lives on a false mm-hmm. accusation, just all of it. And there's a complete resentment and hatred for any and all things masculine. And when you have that, your society's cooked. It's done. It is finished. Because men are leaders. Yeah. Women are not leaders. I hate to say that. No offense, but they're not. You want to know what female leadership looks like? Go to the ghetto. Single mothers, that's what ghettos are. Right. I'm Mexican. That's mm-hmm. very near and dear to me. Thinking about the Mexican barrios and all the sadness, right. the jail, the crime, all the failure there, it's unnecessary. Right, totally. So I have, you know, in physics, they have the unified field theory. They want to connect magnetics and gravity and the unified, uh, you know, weak nuclear force, stronger. They want to have an algorithm to co- co- connect all of it, you know, a theory. Uh, I say for cultural decay, the unified theory is fathers. It's men being cowards. And not being good husbands, not being good dads, mm-hmm. not being men of conviction and honor, being afraid to say what's right when it's time to say. Because, like, you know, why won't women stand up for themselves in sports? And this guy's swimming past all of them. That's not their job. That's our job. That's right. To defend women and say That's something. That's right. And, you know? and where is the We Too moment when, with all this going on, right. allowing a transgender man get into their sport? Thank goodness for what's the girl's name that's doing the. Oh, yeah. Is it Riley? Something? Riley, yeah. yeah, Gaines, right? Riley yeah. Gaines. Thank yeah. God she is. But she up. shouldn't have to do that. No. Men should have enough, in, you know, Waybos. testicular fortitude. Oh, that's can I say that on the air? Yeah, you I can say know. that. <laughs> oh, that's right. Be careful. Yeah. This is not a podcast. It's not YouTube. On that, yeah. you can say anything yeah. you want. But you but gotta... the men should have enough to say something. I know. Dang it! You know. Right. So no. well, yeah, and that's and that's what you were saying before. If we don't stand up for it, um, because this has been going on for a while, and you could see that. 
Um, just even the stuff you were talking about before about the work ethic thing, about learning how to work hard. And if you, you know, if you want it, because I used to tell my kids that uh, you could be anything in this country. Um, you know, it's just a matter of if you have the, you know, the physical ability. I mean, I can't be a, an NFL football player. Well, not anymore. But if, you could have. That's true. Oh, years ago. You could have worked out. But, well, before they weren't that big. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I mean, if, you know, if you have the physical skills or the, the you know, the brain power to do, you know, if you want to be a surgeon or a doctor or whatever, there's nothing stopping you nothing. in this country nothing. if you want it bad enough. Yeah. And we're losing that kind of thing, I think, nowadays. Um, even the, you know, the example, like with the student loan stuff, right? Okay. We're going to wipe out all your student loans. Well, wait, you know, these, you talk these kids into, okay, borrowing all this money to go to school, to get this thing. And the idea is you're going to repay the money back. And now you're saying, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And then everybody's upset. Oh, this isn't right. We have a right to have this forgiven and this and that. Well, look at reparation. Well, that's what I'm saying. And that's that's all, these are all symptoms of culture. Like you were talking about. And that's that's the dangerous part. That's the destruction that we're seeing. If we lose that, you know, it's not coming back. I think if we lose that part, you made a, a comment about culture being. Would you say politics is downstream from culture? Right. I believe that absolutely. And you know, once you you go down this path like this, where you've got people that just can't think or can't reason along these things, they don't understand why, like the things you were saying, were so bad. Um, you know, when you look at uh, the percentage of people um, that are or kids that are born out of wedlock, for instance, where there's no father there. Right. And, you know, things we've done in the culture encourage that behavior. And it's not it's tough. It's not that a single mom can't raise a kid. It's just much, much more difficult. Sure. And, and when I talk about the ghetto and the single mothers, I'm not pointing at the women. Mm-hmm. Where the hell are the fathers? That's right. who I'm pointing at. Wow. You well, know, it's your job to provide and protect. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, okay, you're pregnant. See you later. I'll yeah. be in Florida on a jet ski or something. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. So. And, and there's no repercussion. No, no. Be None a dad, be a dad. No one's going to do anything no. to you. And as you long know? as you, and then, then the woman has to be the strong right. person, has to get two jobs possibly. Right. Or Terrible. they end up going the wrong direction and end up leaving their kids and, you know, going right. down the wrong road themselves. Yeah. yeah I'm it's telling terrible. you. Well, okay. So how do we fix it? How do we fix it? Well, for myself, it, it's with art and story. Uh, I'm Christian. Jesus told parables, right? Yeah. And there is scientific study that shows story is the easiest way to convince people of things and have them understand things. I've studied writing forever. I've done it forever. Won a lot of awards for writing, and I'm an illustrator too. So comic books. Sure. So I'm going to make action adventure stories. And that's what you can't talk about. That reinforce good morals and heroism. Uh, My favorite movie, I think, is It's a Wonderful Life. Jimmy Stewart, yes. George Bailey. Yes. And the lesson in that, that his friends, like his loving his family and then loving his community, his country is all that matters. Right. And everything else, whatever. We'll figure it out. God will provide. But in the end, he realizes it because he wants to kill himself because of the money and all mm-hmm. that. And, mm-hmm. and then like, okay, you want to see what it's like if you killed yourself over the savings alone? That's dumb. Yeah. All that matters is your wife and kids and then your human family after your actual blood family. Right. And uh, I think that's such a beautiful, powerful message. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just trashed DC Comics in the media. And I was a global viral for like three days on Fox News, every channel you could think of. I was on the news when I came out and quit my job because they had put me on a new Superman book. And uh, his son's bisexual and he no longer believes in truth, justice, in the American way. He's got a new slogan, truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. And uh, so I... My conscience told me, you can't work on this. 
you cannot use art to hurt people with bad stories. So I'll have to finish it up after the break. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, hang on to that. But for we'll a go into that. We'll go Holy into. Holy man! No more kryptonite. Uh, kryptonite's still there, I think. I don't know. But. Don't ever get where I get rid of kryptonite. I'd be crushed. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Owners Radio FM 961 A1170. The answer. Hey, if you ever wanted to be a pilot and get a pilot's license, Joe does. And here in San Diego, pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. You can check out the deals just for gun owner radio listeners. One hour on the ground, school, one hour of flight. And you can actually fly with an instructor. Yep, they're going to let you fly. Normally a $400 deal, but for you radio listeners, just $350. Getting started is super easy. Call 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI. Call today at 858-569-1822. And don't forget, SDFTI is hosting a CCW seminar on May 30th. Learn how to fly to get your CCW permit in San Diego County. All right, Joe. What was that? Well, well, <laughs> you were saying something during you the break. You were the one saying something talking. before the break. What I wanted to go back to, yeah, we were talking about culture, and, um, you know, I'd, I'd watched uh, Gabe uh, talking to some other folks there with the Babylon Bee, and, um, you know, talking about how the non-woke people in the country have, have kind of given up on the entertainment industry. We've we've kind of stepped back and said, all right, yeah, let them do it, whatever. And the, that was a huge, you know, mistake, something you pointed out. Right. Um, because once you've done that, you've given that up. And that's, you know, how humans all through history, we tell stories. That, that's how we develop our culture. That's how we develop our children. That's how we teach our children. Right. And now, you know, it, it, where we are now in society are, you know, the way we story tell is through the entertainment industry, through movies, through music, through art, through that kind of stuff. And by seeding that over, giving that up to the far left, um, we've given them a really powerful tool, which is, I think, part of the reason we see what we see now. Uh, it's not a powerful tool. It's the, it's the most powerful yeah, tool. There we go. It, it absolutely is storytelling. Um, uh, William Bernhardt, he's a New York Times bestselling detective fiction writer. I've studied all his books about writing, and he has a great quote in one of them about how narrative you could, I'll do it right now, what he does in the book, and you're going to feel it. He says, here's an example of a very one-sentence story. The king died, then the queen died. How does that feel when you hear that? Well, it's news. It's kind of sad. The king died, then the queen died of a broken heart. How does that feel? Mm-hmm. That feels like an actual story. That feels like, whoa, wow, they were really in love. What's the story? So when there's narrative, you really absorb it. You really feel it, and you believe it. Mm-hmm. This is all about persuasion tor- storytelling. And if you tell people these woke crap on Netflix and all this stuff and Disney Plus brainwashing kids over and over and over, guess how they're going to comport themselves as adults, how their relationships are going to go, what they're going to pursue in business, how they're going to vote, and then ultimately how society will be molded. 
So when we walked away, and it isn't conser- shame on conservatives listening to this that did this. You didn't just have an indifference to music and movies and all that. You had an outright hostility to it. That's devil music, and those are dirty TV and dirty movies. Okay, it is. Make your own. Compete. You can't just have a null value and do nothing to fight yeah. back. Because look at, I was saying earlier, Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. We could have went that way for the last, you know, 70 years. Er, just turned in the 50s with all the commies coming into Hollywood. Right. Right. Remember that uh, house, that Un-American Activities, Walt Disney's yeah. testifying, yep. Ayn Rand is yep. testifying, Ronald Reagan's. They're all testifying, telling them the communists are here in Hollywood. And Pay attention. They were right. Can you see it now? <laughs> I guess they were right. Yeah, you think? You know? But now we can't do anything about them because they're so embedded. Well, we can. We can. We can make that art because you know what happens when we make stuff like, you know, uh, think of your 80s and 90s action movies, how entertaining they are. Mm. They're silly, over the top, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a rocket launcher. But what's the message in is he's brave. You know what I mean? He yeah. fights to save so and so, and it's oh, and we and we put the sugar to help the medicine go down. Is he's holding two Gatling guns or whatever? Like, okay, that's crazy. But the point of it is he's brave, or he learns to be honest, or whatever. We learn a good lesson in the yeah. story. Yeah, you're now right. the only lesson they want to teach you is your father is an idiot and there's no God. That's the only thing they want to teach you with this n- new stuff yeah. and hate your country and hate your heritage. And they figured it out if you do it as a story. Mm-hmm. They are there because they know storytelling is what the end result will get if if you do it right right and right. that's and we are allowing that to happen right the publishers you know the well, government how long does it take to become a good artist right yeah it takes a whole childhood and into your adulthood to be exactly. a world-class artist like me yeah. that can draw and all that for dc comics that is going to take from childhood to your 20-ish yeah. and they are starting with the kids but the conservatives don't they say that Entertainment is for the evil left people, so we don't do it. Well, if you don't do it, guess who's going to fill those That's spaces? Right. And, and now you, you have what you have. Like and now you're crying. Yeah. Now you're crying because of what's on Disney and Netflix and all that. Yeah. Because you guys wouldn't raise your kids to do art. And it boggles my mind. You know, my dad's an immigrant, and you know, the oh, the immigrant, they always want their kid to be an engineer, doctor, lawyer. I told my dad I want to be a comic artist. He was like, okay, just make sure you own the characters so you make the money. He didn't tell me not to do it. Yeah. I was encouraged to do it. Yeah. Because I came from a family where whatever you do, you make money doing it. Yeah. You know, blueberry muffins and whatever, whatever. you want to sell, make money. And make the best blueberry right. muffins. That's right. Not just a blueberry muffin, the best. But I would say right now today, if you hate what's going on with the gun restriction and the woke this and the brainwashing kids and the weirdo story hour and all that, then you have to make this art. And if you can't make it because you've never learned and you're old now, it's too late to learn. Support people like me that do. It's not a free business to run. Right. You know what I mean? I need customers. I need money to print comics and sell them and all that. And I have great customers. But like you can hear the sound of my voice, then you need to support people like me if you can't do it yourself. And if you can do it yourself, get out there and make it. You have to fight back. how many people are doing what you're doing today? Not enough. Not well, it's not, well, no, and that's what I was saying before, right? It's, it's you know, it, I mean, I, I was really impressed when I, I saw your story because what you did just took a tremendous amount of courage. But what I was, you know, what I tell people in the, the pieces that I write every week, just about uh, most of them, the last paragraph, I'm urging people to 
Find something you can do. You know, everybody has a role to play in this fight if you want to save this. Right. And find something you can do. Find something you're good at. I mean, you know, with me, I write articles. I volunteer. I do this stuff. I do the concealed carry teaching. These are all my things that I can do to fight for the stuff that I think is important that I want to fight for. Right. Everybody has a role to play. Step up and do what you can do. Find something you're good at, something you can do. I talk people into doing radio. There you go. I yeah. said we have, and I said we. Ha- I had another show before this show. They were going the wrong direction. You know, they were just screaming and yelling and hating Democrats and hating <laughs> Democrats and hating Democrats. They made Obama Employee of the Year. I go no 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 no. We're doing this all wrong. So I finally ended the show. Waited two years. Found better people. Joe and 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 Michael and now Alicia. This show is just. Totally the way I want it to be. Oh, well, now I'm say. here. So, well, of course, and you will be coming back. I have a sneaky feeling because when you're a podcaster, when you do radio, whatever you do, you're on television. It's you have to do it. You can't worry about repercussions as long as you believe what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah, who cares? What yeah, are they exactly. going to cancel me? What does yeah, that what even you, mean, dude? I mean, you can't cancel me. No, you can't. Well, they can't cancel me because I don't make that much money. So you're not going to screw with me. And I'm bullheaded enough that that's why I buy my own airtime. I have total control over the show. So, yeah, no. And that's what, and you have to look at it that way. You have to figure out I've got people that are scared to death to stand up or say anything because they'll lose their job. Well, then live that way and do it. That's, I, you know, I'm that close most of the time. What's the old saying? Die on your feet or live on your knees, right? So come on now. I'm going to use that. Well, see, and the other thing you said too, you've mentioned your faith a number of times now. Right. And that's what, I mean, that, that's what the, the, the woke people, I guess, hate so much because uh, that, that faith and religion is a support structure, just like a family. Sure. So they need to break both of those things. And if, if you have that strong faith, you know that, okay, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to make that decision and I'm going to trust in God and, and well, it's going to work out. Perfect. And, Let's talk about that real quick. So right. DC Comics goes with the woke anti-American Superman and it had been getting woke a little, a little, a little, and it's growing and I'm watching it grow out of the corner of my eye and I keep working there and I'm like, well, my book isn't that way. And oh, now more books, more books. And finally they get to me and I'm like, I can't do this. And I should have said something earlier. And it's like, Here's where narrative and story are so important. Indiana Jones 3 with Sean Connery, right? Right. With the dad, uh, Last Crusade. Right. He's going through the thing at the very end, and he has to go through that, the razor blade, the big blades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's that rock bridge where it's in perspective where you can't see it. If you go to the side, you can see it, but otherwise it looks like a bottomless pit. Remember that? Yeah. And he has to step into the bottomless pit and trust God, the leap of faith. I remember when I was deciding to leave DC Comics in October of 21, I think it was, I remember picturing that scene of that movie specifically, not not sort of, but remember p- picturing it and praying like, God, this is how I make my money. This is how I pay my mortgage. I'm getting ready to I, walk away. I've wanted to do this. I've wanted to work for Jim Lee since I was 13. Now I've worked for him for like 14 years now. He's like, give me his Padre tickets. Like, we're friends, man. And it was all dreams come true. And I'm like, I'm going to just quit because I cannot work on this thing another day. Wow. It's terrible. And I was like Indiana Jones stepping into the pit, and I just told God, don't let me fall here. Yeah, please. And I was lifted higher than ever. I made more money than I've ever made in my life on independent comics, and my YouTube channel blew up, and, yeah. and I'm free now. And when I was working for them, I'm making art where it's fine, but I wasn't the writer, so it's like stuff I'm not interested in, yeah. but I still do my best job. It was sure, sure, I worked sure, on sure. award-winning books. Two of the books I worked on won the Eisner. That's the Oscars in comics. Yeah. So I'm a high-level producer, even when I didn't like the stuff I was doing. But now, as an artist, the main thing when you're an artist is you're creative. Yeah. 
I get to write it now and yeah. draw it and do the whole thing yeah. and do it on my terms. I designed the book jacket, like yeah. the whole thing now from stem to stern. Yeah. So uh, taking that, that step out there, I referenced Indiana Jones, and that's the power of story. Yeah. That Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford and all those guys, they made that movie in yeah. the less woke. It wasn't totally non-woke. Yeah. The less woke days yeah. gave me something positive to like draw on and think of about what you say is brave, but to me it's like... There's no way in good conscience I could have stayed there. That was... Yeah. Radio's easier. You don't have to do all that <laughs> book covers and stuff like that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Are we letting this guy go? Absolutely not. This is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1178. The answer. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Inland Empire gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro-gun candidates elected. And you can become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash join. All right, Alicia, I'll let you take this segment with our great guest after you're done playing with your... Well, <laughs> so you, you mentioned that you're working independently and it's yeah. working out really, really well for you. Can you give us some some places to go to find what you've been working on if we want well, to get to see your work? Yeah, I'm currently wrapping up a project I did... Uh, Last year, so I'm not going to advertise that one or anything. That one's all done. But I've got some really fun stuff I'm going to announce uh, probably in July sometime. I can't say too much. But you guys know Dean Kane, the guy that played Superman? Yeah. Uh, we're developing something, and it looks amazing. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with that. And then I have another. Uh, I told you guys I have my love of 80s and 90s action movies and stuff like, you know, the Street Fighter video game oh, from yeah. like 1992. I was just like a middle schooler when that came out. So I have my own comic that is basically a Van Damme, Steven Seagal movie that I'm okay. drawing and writing called Beef Law. And it's about a bro two brothers and the dad, and it's in Hong Kong, and the, the family gets in trouble with the Chinese, British, whatever mafia that was there at the time. And the, and the main character, Max Volkov, the brother, is forced to fight in illegal underground tournaments to save his family, and he finds out a way bigger threat to the whole world uh, and war and stuff like you that. You were impacted. Absolutely. You were seriously. <laughs> well, again, I'm, I want to go to heroism and you put it in yeah, that corniness, no, 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 no. that beautiful corniness of 80s and 90s action. You put it in there. Like I said, it's the sugar to help them make the medicine I, go down. I just seen know? the 1938 version of Robin Hood. Right. You talk about heroes. There's right. a guy that took on, you know, you know, King Arthur and all the. I mean, it, it, and you're right. And I think my generation really look up to heroes. Of in course. men. Right. And it just kind of went. 
from that point on. Right. Well, I mean, the, uh, when they, what does patriarchy mean, that word literally? It doesn't mean rule by men. That yeah. is not what that translates to. Uh-uh. That means rule by fathers, pater, padre, father. Yeah. 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 So yeah. when you destroy the patriarchy, you're getting rid of the provider protector. Yeah. And if you're not provided for and you're not protected, it's you are in big trouble. Big trouble. You know, yeah. so... All right, but again, that's that that family structure that we were talking right. about earlier. When you um the one of the I guess the last straw with you leaving DC right. was the truth, justice, and the and a better world. Right. Was that it? As opposed to the American that way. That was it. Okay, so I was working on Young Justice, which is like Robin and all the kids' sidekicks. I was working on that book. COVID hit. That book like got comic books got canceled because COVID hit. Right. And then I just kind of in a holding pattern, doing a little work, this and that. And then they told me, me and my friend John Timms, he was the other artist doing Young Justice with me, like, we love your work on there, the two of you, you guys are going to do this brand new Superman, we're going to start over your issue, and we're going to get a big time writer. And I'm like, oh, okay. And they're like, Daniel Warren Johnson, action, he loves pro wrestling, like, blah, 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 and I'm, I'm excited. And then like three months go by, and they're like, no, it's going to be Tom Taylor. He is this woke, leftist, whiny, like, beta soy boy. He hates America, he's an Australian guy, like, why don't you go work for Australian comics? Oh, that's right. They don't exist. And, um, and so it's like, oh, no, he's writing. And I'm, I'm just worried, like, what's he going to write? And I get the first script, and the name of the story is Truth, Justice, and a Better Tomorrow or Better World or whatever. And to me, that goes back to that thing about Ayn Rand and this culture of resentment that communists and Marxists always have, where they see men and women earn something. They bleed for something. They, they die for things for generation after And we build a culture and a society. Then the Marxist comes along, and they're all resentful and entitled. And why do you have that? It should be mine with no work. I just get it. So they take Superman and all the fame and glory and prestige that he has and slap their stupid idea on it. Because if they just made their own comic that was woke, nobody would buy it. So they take all the fame that Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, Mickey Mouse, they take all of their power. Indiana, there's a new Indiana Jones coming out. And they're already showing like a clip uh, going around where he says something. And the girl, of course, turns to him and said, but you also oppressed indigenous people around the world or something. And it's just like. Yeah, and I heard that's Ugh. not going well for them. Everybody's no, going to no, get up in the theater at. and walk but, out. But, right. But, he, well, I'm not going to go. And no, what did I tell either. you about Indiana Jones, what it means to me? I love those oh. movies growing up. And it inspired me when I was leaving DC Comics. So that lady, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, she's the British Lena Dunham, just total SJW <laughs> leftist. Yeah. Um, untalented, just, you know, hates father, hates, uh, you know, right. culture. But she's writing this and then co-starring, I guess co-writing and starring in it. But, yeah, we're going to take everything Indiana Jones, Steven Spielberg, everything they made, and then pretend we made it and slap our label on it instead. And then their label is always garbage because as an artist, if we think about the science of art, all art is is patterns. A plus B is C. When you recognize a pattern, your brain releases dopamine. That's one of the reasons you like art because – Pattern recognition is survival. God made you that way. You see, oh, that's a lion. I should leave. I recognize the pattern. <laughs> so when you hear art, you hear music's in a chord. That's a pattern. You see a drawing, the composition makes sense. That's a pattern. When I tell you a joke, A, B, D, it's still true, but it's not what you expected. That's a pattern. That's how art works. It's patterns. The reason woke art is bad and boring is it breaks patterns. You'll say, okay, there's this problem. The bus crashes. It's on fire. Then the mom drags her husband to safety. And the three kids. It's like, mm, is she strong enough to do that? Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Or she and, flips the bus over right, and helps Right, and she's out. not a superhero. And that's a specific example. A friend of mine was drawing a comic, and the writer's this woke idiot. And he was writing emails, arguing with the guy. He's like, why is the mom dragging the dad and the kid out of the burning bus? Like, nobody's going to believe this when I draw this. And the guy's like, we have to empower women. And It's like... So woke, it breaks art because art is a pattern. You're trying to successfully recreate the patterns of nature. 
So when you make them woke and you say, well, this guy's got to be a black, disabled, illegal immigrant, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Like you're not respecting the pattern. There is a story for that character, but make earn it. Mm-hmm. You have to earn that. You know what I'm saying? This happened, then this happened, so then this had to happen. And they don't want to earn it. They just want to say, oh, he's gay now or he's this now. And it's just like to defy their father that they don't even have, that they hate. You know what I mean? It's, and I think ultimately what virtue signaling is, and I'm minority, I'm Mexican and my dad's Libyan. I'm half Arab, half Mexican. But I've never felt ostracized or put down or like I couldn't succeed in this country. I'm like, no, my dad came here for a reason. Yeah. But it's it's like the reason, and it's always, I hate to say, the white female liberals. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if it's white. I'm not white, so I don't know that experience. But there's something about them being so racist, but it's benevolent racism where like, for instance, the day after Donald Trump won, I got an email from, what's her name? It's not Diane Nelson. Oh, Marie Javens, the editor-in-chief at DC Comics. I got an email from her saying, basically, people like her were going to protect me from, like, Trump and his goods. <laughs> yeah. And I, in my head, I'm like, I didn't Gosh. say anything because you can't say it or they'll fire you. I voted for him. I didn't tell her. But yeah, it's right. like, I voted for the guy. What do you mean you're going to protect me from me? Like, yeah. What are you talking about? Why do you think I voted for him? Right. And, uh, but I think, oh, I, I'm, I'm not making my point here. The point is the virtue signal, the I love gays or I love black or I love this. It's, you don't love gays. You don't love black. It's narcissism. Right. Look, everyone, validate me externally. Yeah. I said the right thing. Yeah. And do you know where that comes from? My unified field theory of fathers. Uh-huh. That is a thing only fathers can give you. Mothers can't give it to That's you. That's right. There's the old saying, a face only a mother could love. Right. Your mother loves you for free, and it's beautiful That's and wonderful, exactly right. and it's God's design, and it's how she's supposed to be. Your father's the one that says, that isn't good enough, Dave. Yeah. That is nonsense, and we don't do that. That's right. The dad says, and when your dad says, and I Dave. I better not catch you doing what it again. Happened, well, yeah, but what <laughs> happens when your dad says, Joe, I'm proud of you, Joe. When your dad says that. Yeah, makes right? me everything. whatever right. I just did. So yeah. when you grow up and you screw up and you cry and you have to work hard, but dad says, Add a boy. That's right. You know what you don't do as an adult? You don't virtue signal. Right. You don't seek external validation. Right. You realize, I don't have to pretend that I am support LGB, whatever, so people will clap for me. Well, look at that. What is it? She was a Missouri congresswoman. <laughs> did, you, did you see that? Oh, the one you that must have just had the other day. She just went off, and she, I mean, so she was malfunctioning or something. Totally. Yeah. For how long? Right. Just a minute, I think. They I couldn't watch more than 15 seconds. I, I'm like, all I, right. I, I, I did. <laughs> I, I, I actually caught it on the news, and they were doing clippets of it. But that's, you know. Right. But all of this has got to burn to the ground. Miller Lite, Budweiser, they're, uh, Disney. Right. They got to know what they're oh. doing to themselves. And Walt Disney's one of my heroes. Me and I too. love Disneyland, and it upsets me so much <clears throat> what they're doing to Disney. Walt. Disney. Walt Disney. That Walt man. Disney. A patriot. Right. You know. That's right. And goofy. Right. All right. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. You listen to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. Say the, Say the answer. Say the answer. Oh, the answer. The oh. Folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. We actually call this the comic book hour. Hey, is there a better tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds bigger? Well, that's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool 
ever invented for women. By, led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit if wanted. And guess what? It's totally free. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. All right, Gabe. I have a question for Uh-oh, you. Uh-oh, you're in trouble now, All buddy. Right. So I imagine that you cannot be the only one there at DC that felt this way. So I'm curious. You know, when when one get, when person gets up and walks out, it sometimes can empower and kind of make others feel that they are then able to step up and do something they had wanted to do too. I'm curious, did anybody follow you out or speak up in support of you? How did that go after you um, left? I don't think anyone followed me out, but a few of my friends were already uh, out before me. Uh, there was a guy, Ethan Van Skyver. He was a top artist at Marvel doing X-Men in like the year 2000. Then DC poached him, you know, and he came over to DC. And everything that guy ever worked on is top selling. It ends up as action figures. Card, he's a phenomenal talent. And he has a huge YouTube channel. It's Comics Artist Pro Secrets. He has like 140,000 followers. He does a great show every Monday night called Comics Gate Kings. And he's outspoken. He's all over Twitter and he's all over YouTube calling out these woke people. Kind of like you. Yes, calling them out day and night. He's a pretty funny guy, very talented. And he's made a couple million dollars since he left doing his own independent comics. He went back to a comic he made up when he was 18. He writes it now and draws and all that. He's like 48 years old now. But uh, he's it was uh, like Ninja Turtles and all that. It was Cyber Frog. He made that when he was 18. And it's action adventure, robotic frog from space. It's drawn gorgeously. He's a great illustrator. And it's just fun. And it's just adventure. And he sells a ton of it. How does he? How do you get? I mean, for people that are listening, how do you get those those type of and same thing with you comic books? What? How do you get them? Yeah. I mean, are they just all online? Oh no! You call a printer and you like set up. Print. I'm running a business now. He's running. So you can actually small. buy your comic. You book. can buy physical copies of my comics on yes. on, on Google or no? Just... I have my own website. Uh, your friend and mine, Rich, is it Yulmul? Yulmul. Yulmul. Yeah. He uh, he built me a website, uh, but other guys use Indiegogo, Kickstarter, those crowdfunding websites. Okay. And the model Ethan and those guys use, and that I used last year is uh, you put your book up there. You put just like five pages, cover, synopsis. And then you put perks in it. Like, oh, if you buy the book, uh, it's you know, $25. You buy the book and the T-shirt, the hat, the whatever. You can get all kinds oh. of stuff. And then we'll ship it to you in six months because it's crowdfunding. So it's like you give me the money. Then I use the money to draw the book, pay people to cover gotcha, it, blah, blah, gotcha. blah, blah. Then pay to print it, pay to ship it. So I have all that at my house. You know what I mean? All the print. I have a laser printer. I have the shipping stuff and all that and doing T-shirts and everything. So uh, that's, the, that's the model there. Okay. With social media and the internet, we don't have to go to DC and Marvel to make a living drawing. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is be good talking, get on YouTube, get right. on Twitter, get on Instagram, and build an audience. And once the word gets out. Right. Once you build enough audience, you can sell to that audience. And if your product is quality, they'll be repeat customers. That, well, that's what you I'm know, saying. As long as it's quality. Yeah. And right. usually, it's like people tell me on radio, you know, I would never want to do a show at like one in the morning. I was, what are you talking about? If the show was good and people loved it, I don't care what time of the night or day, they will find you, right. and if it's good, they'll follow you, and you'll you'll do fine. Right. There's 8 billion people on Earth. There's somebody that likes yeah, you. Yeah, well, it has nothing to do with 9 to 5. It, that's, right. that's the golden rule. No, 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 no. You just have to be good enough. Right. That's all. It's good and consistent. I, you know, I'm a big weightlifter. I love to lift weights. And the one thing that teaches you is just be consistent. Right. That's the only thing. Yeah. And everything else in life that is that way. Um, I believe in, like, Scott Adams talks about systems, not goals. And that's like... I don't think of goals. Goals are for dummies, for selfish children. Mm-hmm. You don't. You should know your goal and how to get to it. Yeah. But what you should focus your energy on is how do I live every day? What style of life do I live that builds those kind of right. goals? 
Because in life, it doesn't matter where you are. It matters where you're headed. Mm. Direction is much more important than location. Right. Look at where something is today compared to where it was yesterday, and that's going to tell you a lot. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you stick to, okay, I diet and exercise. I did that three days in a row. I'm headed in the right direction. I can feel good because the time's going to pass anyway. <laughs> the years are going to pass anyway, and then you'll put all those years together, and you'll have the thing, whatever right. the thing is. Yeah, whatever that but thing is. But here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You're not building something when you want to. You're building every day of your life. And you're either building crap or you're building something good. That's right. Crap takes no effort. You can just sit there and then you're building a crap. Oh, yeah. But good things take effort. But it's like a fire hose. Like uh, you can't turn it off, but you can point it where you want it. That's how I kind of picture it. Like it's coming no matter what. So be effective with it. Right. You know, the time is coming, so use it. Without so, a doubt. Yeah. You do any mentoring with younger You know, I uh, did artists? forever. I coached football and soccer for kids forever. And all the teams I coached were very successful, won championships and all that. My son played right down the road here, La Jolla Country Day. Okay. And uh, not not a huge guy for football. He's about six feet now, but in high school he was five foot ten. He was second team all-league defensive end, wow. you know, playing on the line and the O-line. Wow. And uh, they had one of the greatest uh, – they had – the greatest quarterback in California history, Braxton Burmeister. Oh, he yeah. has every record, passing, yards, touching. He has them yeah. all. His father was on the Redskins in the 80s. And Braxton just got drafted by the Rams, so I'm very proud of him. Fantastic. And I look at that like, I coached Braxton when he right. was like eight. Well, like you had a lot times. to do with that. Um, a little bit. You know, well, I coached him when he was a kid, not when he was a high schooler and all that. Yeah, but like you said, it all it's Consistency over time. Built yeah. that over 20 years. Yeah. Right. That's right. But it's so rewarding to see Braxton. I just texted him like two weeks ago, like, congratulations yeah. to his dad, Dan. Like, wow, we knew it, man. I knew it when you were eight. And you do know? you do know it? We did. Because, you could see it. Well, his dad was in the NFL, and then we'd go to the Pop Warner games, and it was like, oh, my God, these kids can't play with him. And then in high school, they won the championship when he was a sophomore. Yeah. And then they won the state championship when they were seniors. My yeah. son and him are the same yeah. age. So it's like, yeah, this kid's You ever decide to write a book? Uh, a book book. You know, not, I, not I could. cartoons. I'm t- I got a book deal last year, and then I didn't go through with it. The editor was too heavy-handed. He oh. wanted me to write his book in my voice. Oh, yeah. So yeah, i like, yeah. sorry, man. But so, it sounds to me like you need to put that somewhere in your things to do. Yeah, eventually. I told my – I want to write novels, actually, fiction, like inspiring adventure, stuff like that. Yeah. So I've started – you know, because I do comics. But, but you'll also throw in some teaching tools. Only. Them. That's what they're for. Yeah. That, that's what the stories are for. They're to entertain first. Yeah. But then really what we're doing is we're inspiring. Right. But I, I'm definitely going to write novels because I realize you can't make comics fast enough. A comic book, you can draw like a page in a day. Yeah. Well, like two days. One yeah. day pencil, the next day ink. Yeah. And then you got to color it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, so how many big comics can I do a year? Two? If I'm drawing them, like can two, I make a living doing two that? thick ones. No, I can make a living doing it. I can't tell enough stories fast enough. Uh, do you so have like, the stories? Oh, endless. Endless. Like a fire hydrant. Just <laughs> like you hear the way I talk. It's just yeah, endless. No, you know? no, I know. And you're, so, and by the way, folks, there's no script in front of him. No, no, no. And that's no. what makes you successful, I think. Like, well, it's just God's blessing. That's all I think. Yeah, I was going to say. You know. Well, so, jeans, jeans don't hurt. Sure. Coming sure. from mom and dad. Right. The quick wit. My daughter is a stand-up comedian. That's what she does. Is She's she really? 26. I put her in it when she was 16 because uh-huh. I could tell. Because I wrote a lot of comedy and won awards for my comedy writing. Uh-huh. And I could tell she was the same way. Uh-huh. You know, you can just tell other yeah, people. When you're that girl. way, you can see other people. It's way. daddy's girl. Right. Oh, okay. right. They always say, you know, dads want boys. No, they don't. They like girls. I want boys. You know, yeah. I, I have a son too. He's, but I see what you're saying. The girl, yeah. it's it's different. The dynamic. It's you know? totally different. Right. Yeah. 
My friend told me if you want a boy, you got to do 50 push-ups first. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a thought. I, I thought that was hilarious. I've got three daughters. No wonder. Now yeah. I see what the Come problem on, is. Push-ups, man. I'm not into exercise, okay? So I get where you're coming from. Uh, oh, man. But, uh, yeah, the stand-up thing, we would watch Saturday Night Live, which I hate, but uh, it yeah. was funnier back in the old no, days. No, back in the old days. It yeah. was awesome. We were talking about just the other day. Can you imagine if we had Don Rickles? Oh. Can you imagine if we had uh, uh, George Carlin? Oh, my gosh, right? Uh, and, and and the Don Rickles thing is what blows me away because celebrities and politicians couldn't wait for him to trash him. Right. Today, oh my, my daughter God. does crowd work. I, I went to her show, and the first thing, she oh, welcome. Thank you for being here. And she says, hey, any couples? And people raise their hands. She goes, are you cheating? You know, just like just <laughs> See? roasting so she people. Knows. Okay, that's She's awesome. very funny, yeah. She's yeah. at the Madhouse downtown. She's at the uh, the comedy store. When she was 16, I signed her up to do uh, stand-up comedy lessons. Remember Polly Shore? Yeah. The Shore family. They have the comedy store in La Jolla. Right. So Sandy Shore, Polly's sister, was her teacher for years. Fantastic. You know, so, uh, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Sandy passed away like yeah. in 18, I think. So is your daughter making a living? Yeah. She's actually, this year, she finally started getting paid to do stand-up. Wow. So, yeah, she's very funny. And on Thursday mornings, I do a show, one hour, just free-form talking, called Father-Daughter Dance. And just the two of us talking. We'll have a guest sometimes. But uh, we just talk about whatever. Yeah. And it's funny. We just goof around. How cool. Ask her how stand-up comedy is going. And That's like interesting. That. So, so since this is a gun show. Right. Are you into guns? Um, I just recently, um, in the last few years, uh, maybe about six years ago, I think I got uh, guns. I always liked guns and stuff yeah. like that. But it was just never part of my life or anything like that. And then uh my buddy's bachelor party we went to las vegas and we all shot guns at the range and that was fun and that was the range you were talking about earlier? uh no this was just one of those tourist traps okay. there in vegas yeah. there's a range north of the city out in the hills yeah like there's nothing around what's it, it called um clark county shooting complex the okay. government in nevada owns this one and so by the way you can send this to those guys and say hey look i plugged right, you. I'm coming yeah. next week and right. i want free time on the range right but, uh, That's what, how that game works, by the way. Okay, I'll, I'll let him know. But my brother turned 46 years ago. Uh -huh. So me and uh, the, my other two friends, we all grew up on the same street in Ranch Bernardo. Uh, my brother had gone through divorce. He was feeling down. He was living alone. So we said, he'll come from Colorado. We'll come from California. We'll meet in Vegas and just hang out there for a few days sure. when he turns 40. So he's not like alone being 40. And, we, and my buddy, Rocky's former military, did like seven tours in Afghanistan. And he brought his rifles and all that. And we went out there. And I'd never shot an AR. I'd shot pistols and stuff. Yeah. Well, I shot a two, uh, saw two four nine once. That was fun. But uh, we shot his rifles and all that, and I was like, oh, this is fun. Like, I actually like this. Because the only reason I wasn't into guns is I thought, is it boring? It's just like, is it like darts? You're just shooting at a target. I don't get it. Yeah. So then I went and did it. I'm like, oh, it's not boring. It's yeah. really challenging. Yeah. It's fun. And, and <laughs> my brother, he'd never shot a gun before, and every one is right down the pipe. And I was like, what's going on with this guy? So yeah, I don't what? know if he was really mad or something. Yeah. Or what? But, uh, so yeah, so then I bought a Glock 17 after that, yeah. and it's awesome. And then, yeah, we, we're gun owners, my So family. do you shoot one. much now, or? Uh, I try to go as, as much as I can, which yeah. isn't too often. Well, you can go over to see with the kid over here. She works at a range. Yeah. Okay, yep. I, the ones I've been to in San Diego are the one on Balboa, and then I've been to P2K range out yeah. in El Cajon with my father. She needs to come down to Discount Gun Mart. Okay. They have a range. Discount Gun Mart. Where is that again? Is that on Mir Miramar? Or? No, Marina. It's two. There, there's two locations, one on Marina Boulevard and another one in Santee near Gillespie Field. And, okay. and Alicia could give you some good tips. Yep. Okay. Sounds good. <clears throat> she loves training. Free range time, free ammo. Awesome. Oh, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> but we could probably pull something together. 
Yeah. Was there anything that got you in the guns, or it was just it was just time and uh, you happened? To it get was, into it? I think, going to my brother's 40th thing and mm-hmm. really shooting the ARs, and it was intimidating. I've never shot a gun that big before. And I, is this thing going to kick? Am I going to look like an idiot and just well, miss didn't, the target? You didn't get uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome like that that writer in New York, right? The New York Times guy. No, uh, don't do that. You're all going to give this poor guy a heart attack. Uh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm going to fine. You're fine. Guy, all right, let's take a quick guy, break to I listen to Gun that. Owners Radio. Ridiculous. FM oh. 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1178. The answer. Hey, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent, the photos are beautiful, and your website looks great on your phone. But it's just not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do, how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting you started is super easy. Visit sagetree.com and click on the schedule an appointment button. There's sagetree.com and click on that schedule schedule button and make this thing happen. In fact, our guest is a prime example. You're now using SageTree or they're working on your website. Right, right. And I'm very, very, very happy with it. And, and you're mean, an artist. So that's, that's yeah. saying a lot. Right. Right. No, Rich uh, and his guys, they do a great, great job. Highly yeah. recommend it. Yeah. So and I think I'll have some more customers for Rich after I use mine and test out. I, Rich has it done. I don't have my website up because I don't have my merchandise. You oh, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking he was to, faster than you. He was way faster than me. And I was worried that, like, oh, how's the, how long is this contractor going to take? You know, we've all done home remodels. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I started yeah. thinking, I don't know, Rich, is he going to take forever and broken promises? He's done. The thing is amazing, more than I could have <laughs> dreamed of. And I'm like, uh, Rich, I'm not going to be done with the art for a few more weeks. And, <laughs> and he's so okay. I thought I had time. So, Rich, you're awesome. All right. So. Absolutely. All right. Any questions? So, we're going to talk about now. Um, let's see. We're going to save the one for uh, for Sam. Well, Sam, the so gunman. So, where do we leave this off at? Because we I were talking remember. about the. Um, Alicia, where do we leave it yeah. off? Since we're old and you're not. Well, because I know. Oh, she's giving me a deer in a headlight <laughs> look as well. Well, well just, I'll yeah. go ahead. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I was just going you know to go back because I because like, to me this woke thing is really interesting because um, it's just that I, you know and I, it's it's nice to hear that I'm not the only one that's all freaked out about this and and thinking that this is really a serious thing if we don't do something about it it's it's going to get too late to do something about it so um, well go ahead you were you think, oh, you you think it's too late no I, mean, I, I don't think we can turn late. it around no I don't think I it's ever too close. late in life. I think it's too late when they put your casket in the ground. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, it's right. never too late. Yeah. You know, I don't believe in that. I, I, so, I agree. And I, I think it's like anything. It's just taking the non-woke so long to say enough. 
Well, stop being comfortable. Stop being cowards, yeah. right? Stop get, it. Get out there. I would just ask them, do you like this? Yeah. Do you want more? And I, I told you last segment about direction is more important than location. Last year to this year, what is our direction for wokeism and communism? Is it more or less? Yeah. Yeah. It's more. Yeah. So where are we going to be one year from now, I two know. years from now? And further, things do not just grow at a steady rate. They can sometimes grow at an exponential rate when they reach tipping points. All right. So it could go double, 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 but it could also go double, 10, 20. Like, it could do that. So I would just ask them, do you like this? Because they will come for you, and it doesn't even matter if you're a leftist. Study Mao. Study the Bolsheviks. Study all those cultural revolutions. What did they do to the people that supported them at first? They lined them up against the wall, too, and shot them, the useful idiots. And they're trying to take that out of the school so we don't study Right, right, right. If you go to Wikipedia now, they say, like, the communist myth or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Well, so. I was at lunch the other day, and some three ladies next door, and they commented to me on a on a book I was reading, Roger Stone, Who Killed JFK? Right. And which is, I told my cousin, you ever give me this book again, I'll smack you. Wow. I mean, I was already disappointed in the government. Now I'm even way more. But beside that, so she looked at me, and she says, "Are you a uh, are you a Trumpster?" I go, "Absolutely." <laughs> she goes, "You like that lion?" Per-? I go. Well, how's your 401k doing today? Right. They got up and left. Good. Because if you don't confront them, you know they're not going to have an answer. Right. You, if you don't confront them, they're going to get away with it. Right. And people have just been cowards, just well, putting their head down. You can't be a coward. And it still kills me when it says, oh, I don't want to lose my job. What do you mean? There's so many jobs out there right now. Go do something else. Make your own job. Yeah. And especially in my business, you know, Jack King Kirby. He was the first comic book artist in the 60s to bring dynamicism to the page. And I'll make this as simple as I can for layman, but composition in a drawing or a painting is where the things are. Not how they're drawn, but just the shape of the house is here, the person is here. Right. And composition is super important for the, the pleasing look to something. Right. But in comics, composition will get you movement. And comic books are all about movement on the page because the action. And Jack Kirby revolutionized comics. And he has a saying uh, that is famous in our business for the artists, it's make your own school. And he was talking about if they disappoint you, they won't hire you, they won't do this and that. Make your own place. Yeah, go do your you own know thing. What I mean, do your thing. So that's what me, my friend Ethan, Aaron, a lot of comic book guys that I know, um, that's what we've done. We've made our own space. Were we you afraid in- at first? Taking well, that I told leap? you it was like Indiana Jones, and I just prayed about it. But to me, you know, you said it's heroic, and I've, I've heard that from so many people, and I got emails or people, someone called me. When I trashed DC Comics in the news and it went viral, like global news, mm-hmm. I got a phone call from a guy in Britain. I got countless private messages. So people praising me, you're here, here, and I don't see it. My wife tells me you need to learn to take company, but I'm like, no, it's like they asked me to sell crack. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, I'm like, I'm not. It's evil what you asked me to do. Yeah. So I'm not gonna do it. So I don't feel heroic. I feel like no. I'm at the bare minimum. You're logical. But here's what I'll say to refute myself, I guess. If you see it as heroic, Why and so and so sees it as heroic, that's good. Yeah, that can help people give them power to do something because they, I, they can't do it. You did it, so, so maybe they say now they maybe can. I could do it. Like I saw Indiana Jones uh-huh. step into the step crevice. Into the cra- crevice. I'm like, mm, I guess. I you wonder could. if the, the 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 writer had that same thought when he put that scene in the movie. I hope so. And if not, what's well, But accident. that would be a good question to ask the person that wrote that. Right. Yeah, I would. I'd be because. Movies have a lot of subliminal messages, you know, if right. you could just watch them. And, but it's always interesting. I've had the opportunity to interview quite a few writers and, and 
you know, people, producers for different movies. And I, those are always the kind of questions I ask. Right. You know, what made you do that? What made you do that scene? You know? And it's interesting what you get out of them. Hmm. Luckily, I haven't done a woke producer yet. So I'm, okay. Well, well, you know, it's interesting because I wasn't like, uh, heroic is, is good. I was more thinking courageous, I think is what I said. But sure. I mean, but I did the same, same thing. kind of thing because I, I mean, I was, you know, I'm trained as an engineer. I worked as an engineer, then a project manager, a program manager for like 23 years. Where? And uh, mostly in defense uh, stuff. So okay, SAIC, cool. General Atomics, L3 Communications, okay. so those places. So it's all his fault. And, um, right. But I got to the point where I was, I was just so unhappy. And um, finally, I just, after 23, I couldn't stand it anymore. And I, 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 I just stopped. I just stepped out of it. And the extent of my plan at the time was I'm going to make a living through a combination of consulting, teaching, writing, and speaking. That was it. Right. I had no more of a plan than that. Right. And fortunately, you know, I had faith in that, and my wife supported me with that. And that was like 13 or 14 years ago. And I've been and able to do God, it worked. <laughs> all that stuff. I'm much better off now than I right. was then. I make a, a reasonable amount of money, you know, now. But I'm much happier. I'm alive because I think I'd have had a heart attack uh, right. a while ago. Well, God ago. says if you walk in his ways, he'll bless you. Well, and that's right. But You want to go make evil stuff? Well, then you'll have yeah, to. But it's a leap. It's, it's yeah. like that bridge that you were talking about that you can't see because right. I, I don't know what I'm gonna, what's going to happen. You know, it's right. – uh, but, you know, I was fortunate. and But then I had that support system. And I had that faith, and it worked. And, you know, it's I'd, I'd like to see people do that kind of stuff. You know, if you're not happy – if if it's something like you're saying, you just I can't do this. I don't yeah, agree with this. Yeah, but how old were you when you made that change? I don't know how old was I. Uh, I was fifty. Something See, like that's that, the I same. Guess. I was a service manager right. at the car dealerships. Right. You yelled at me. Your dad yelled at me. Your mom yelled at me because I couldn't fix her car. I got sick and tired of it. And people come up and say, "I wouldn't have your job for a million dollars." Well, if you hear that every single day, it it'll wear on you. Right. And when I just said, "I'm done." I had no idea what I was doing next. Right. And then radio and TV. Right. Well, and Gabe, you said it too a little bit earlier. You said, you know, find something, because I used to tell my kids this, find something that you enjoy, that you really right. like, that makes you happy, and figure out how to make money doing right. that. Right. that yeah. That's the way you want to go. It's kind of it's kind of the opposite of what we do with kids. You know, we, we expect kids at, at 18 or 19, hey, decide what you're going to do for the next 40 years. And let me know. Yeah, and you know, and you don't, how can you do that? It's unreasonable, I think, it's to stupid. ask uh, people to do that. And, you know, I think God made everyone different with different abilities and skills sure. and, you know, uh, predispositions. You could do anything, but you're going to be better at some things. Yeah. Like I was telling my friend the other day, if your kid is like six foot five in fifth grade and you don't give him a basketball, you should go to prison. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? I saw my daughter was funny. It's like, well, everyone has to have a job. Let's try comedy because I was really good at it. You're like me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. I think... Asking someone to like decide at eighteen. No. Oh, by the way, for the cost of a house too. By the way, when they go to college, right? That's the student yeah. loans are going to turn <laughs> yeah. out. Oh my lord! You know, so yeah, it's just yeah, it's 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 absolutely it's ludicrous. Well, I got to tell you, I'll tell you before we get to uh, stump my nephew. Okay, this has probably been one of the best shows we've done in a long time. You are well, absolutely you. an amazing interview. Can you believe it's going to be two hours here? I was, I was like, has it been an hour yet? Is what I was saying. It's like, well, oh, it's almost been two. Well, there's two hours. But it's because you're infectious for one. Thank you. You make people think for two. And you and just like what, what Joe was saying. Well, can I, I'm interrupting you. No, I'm sorry, no, no. Okay, all I want is good. I don't want people to be miserable. That's all I want. Like if you're woke and you're this or that, I'm not trying to hurt you. I was miserable when I was little. My parents got divorced when I was eight. I loved my dad. I would see him in the summers, but I felt powerless, abandoned, 
miserable. Yeah. And I know the failure of feeling like try eight, out the mother, try eight mothers and three fathers. Right, right. <laughs> Put and, that on your on your resume. Right, but I I know there's a way out. You know what yeah. I mean? There's a way out, and it's like you trust God, you yeah. get married, that's you right. stay married, that's right. you find a job, and you work it. Yeah. And that's the way out in that's this right. country. No matter what Joe Biden has tried, it still works. It's harder, yeah. but it still works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I want to tell people that because I see young people going deep into their 30s. They're not married. They don't have kids. And they're partying like they're 21. And I know people in the entertainment industry, even worse, they're 50, and they're telling me about the latest video game, and they're still not married. And like... And where do, you, you, where do you live? Oh, I live with my mom. Right. <laughs> You're kidding. But me. it's like family is everything. It's everything. It's oh, I saw Donald Trump on some meme, and he was saying, how do you take so much pressure, Donald? How do you do it? How do you do it? Who, and it's like, who has more pressure than me? You know how he talks. It's so funny. I can do impersonations, but I can't do his, and that makes me mad because I'm trying to do it. But um, he said the way he deals with pressure is he thinks about the thing, whatever it is. And he tells himself, this doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is family and faith. And this business deal, whatever, ah, it actually doesn't matter. I know. And I think that's so instructive to, to also, remember that. Also, the White House doctor said that he has a unique ability, no matter what happens today, when he goes to bed, he wakes up the next morning, it's over. He's starting a fresh new day. Wow. And he doesn't hold. And they said that's why he is as healthy and he's able to do what he does. He doesn't let anything bother him, and he goes to the next day is an all-brand-new day. Kind of like what you said. All right. right, Don't touch that dial, folks. Guess who's coming up? Sam the Gunman. And we're going to let you ask the question. Okay. When we get back right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. The gun show is back in San Diego, and Gun Owners Radio is giving away tickets. You can join San Diego County Gun Owners, Gun Owner Radio, and the rest of the community at a big gun show on June 3rd and 4th. It's going to be at the East, uh, East San Diego Masonic Lodge, and vendors from all over the U.S., We'll have modern firearms, antique firearms, knives, hunting rifles, gun parts, ammo, collectibles, and a whole lot more. Tickets are only $15, but you can win them free at Gun Owners Radio. To enter the drawing, just fill out the form at gunownersradio.com slash gunowners. Don't forget the Gun Owners Symposium is happening too. Two days presentation just for gun owners. The symposium is totally free with gun show admission. All right, let's get to the kid. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Not bad. How are you guys? Have I got a guest for you? Are you into comic books? Not really. Why do you ask? Well, because he used to be an illustrator and still is actually for DC Comics and a whole bunch of others. So just checking. So we're going to have him. My uh, my dad's into comic books, or he was at least. Ah, well, we're going to have Gabe. He's going to do ask the question, and uh, and we've and he's got a bonus question, but we'll do that one at the end. So, Gabe, here's the question. Yes, how you doing? Uh, I didn't catch your name, young man. It was oh, I'm sorry, Sam. Sam, nice to meet you, Sam. I'm Gabe. Man. Likewise. Oh, all the way at the bottom. Okay, so now I read this here. Yep, okay, just read that. Um, stump my nephew, Sam. It's Mark from El Cajon. 
who invented his question for you sam is who invented the machine gun Mark from El Cajon, thanks very much for writing in, and thank you, Gabe, for reading the question. Uh, who invented the machine gun? Um, this, like many of the questions we receive um, and that I am asked, is the answer depends on what exactly you define as a machine gun. Um, so I'm going to give a couple of answers. Uh, one possible answer is Dr. Richard J. Gatling, MD, um, who developed the first of what we as modern people would probably recognize as a machine gun. He developed the eponymous Gatling gun, which is a multi-barrel rotating affair originally chambered in 4570, driven by an external crank handle um, and capable of firing at a very rapid rate of a few hundred rounds per minute. I think it's quoted as something like 450 rounds per minute, but it really depends on how fast you can crank that handle. Another possible answer um, could be Hiram Maxim, an, uh, also an American inventor, who a few decades later developed um, the first reliable and, and commercially successful uh, self-powered machine gun. In other words, it wasn't driven by an external power source such as the muscles in some guy's arm. It was uh, um, driven by the energy from the fired cartridge. So those are two possible answers. Well, I, uh, you got it right. Our answer here was Hiram Maxim. He's credited as the inventor of the machine gun in 1884. And he so. never gets the questions ahead of time. Never. Wow. All right, but he's got a, he's got another one for you. Okay. Yeah, let's go ahead. Okay. Hit him with this one. All right, Sam. Well, I have one more question. This is Gabe from San Diego. <laughs> That's me. And uh, uh, do I should I ask the year? Or like? No, just, just, oh. you, you're just asking probably what it is. Okay. What is the Puckle Gun? What is the Puckle Gun? Uh, that's another uh, early machine gun. Um, that We actually, someone wrote in a question about the Puckle Gun like two years ago or something. Um, but it was something kind of resembling a machine gun. It was like a giant revolver um, that would be mounted, fixed on a ship uh, for use as a point defense gun against uh, smaller craft and potentially against borders. Um, in the early 1700s, um, it used a, a revolving action, so it only had one barrel, but a revolving cylinder uh, with multiple built-in chambers loaded with black powder and uh, a projectile uh, that was, I think, like an inch in diameter. Um, and the, the, the Puckle Gun is, is pretty well known nowadays because it was advertised for use with uh, round bullets against other Christian nations. And I'm not making this up. Square bullets for use against the Turks. Right. Wow, that is uh, brilliant. And uh, you got that right. Patented in 1718 by one James Puckle, believe it or not. So great job, Sam. Did we not tell you? Did we not tell yeah, you? Very impressive. And he does this every single Sunday. Must be a killer with the ladies. He must be. <laughs> hey, hey, Sam, was there a reason, or do you know the reason for differentiating between the square bullet and the round bullet yeah the remember the time period um the idea was that the square bullet would be more devastating um and and thereby uh more suitable for use against the other as it were and and that um round projectiles were were more civilized <laughs> oh so they must not like the turks right 
Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was. It was uh, kind of a, a religious and cultural thing, though. Uh, being Jewish myself, if someone used a puckle gun against me, they'd have to come up with a different shaped bullet. <laughs> <laughs> and we just told Gabe you didn't have a sense of humor. There you go. That's awesome, buddy. No, that's that's really good. Hey, what's your blog this week? Um, my most recent blog post is called uh, "Check Out This Gun," and it re- it actually refers to um the uh the the question that was asked i believe last week about the type 99 uh the japanese service rifle in world war ii um and i mentioned that i have one so i wrote up a blog post about that um i have some uh i have a couple of nice pictures of mine or i think they're nice because i took them uh, of of mine and i talk a little bit about the history of the rifle the name which is what the question was about um, and I talk about why mine is special to me. Um, I talk about the chrysanthemum, and I talk about uh, what last ditch means in that context. So if you want to uh, know more about that, go ahead and read it on the SDCGO blog or the blogs of the sister organizations. All right. Very good. Well, as usual, you won again, and we love having you call in. hope everything's going well back at home, and we can't wait to talk to you next week. Likewise, it's always a pleasure, Um, and as always, thank you, everyone, very much for listening. All right, buddy, you take care. You too. Well, Gabe, did we not tell you? Kid's pretty amazing. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) that's pretty impressive. Do you think he would know the, uh, I'm looking it up just for fun to see if that question was correct with uh, some of the answers, because I'm getting like five different answers for the first machine gun. Uh, I mean, like, for example, Leonardo da Vinci devised a plan for a multi-shot arrow back in the 1400s, apparently, too. So well, I think that's what Sam said, right? He said it depends on what you consider the first yeah, machine gun. Yeah, what you consider a machine gun. Yeah, yeah I, I see also the Chinese, which, of course, it's always the Chinese that are always inventing uh, cool gadgets and stuff back in the day. They've also uh, were known to make multi-shot crossbows, but... I guess specifically since hey, we're talking about guns. The kid know. got it. It he was did. at least yeah. on he the did. answer. He did. Well, he did. Vinci doesn't count because he didn't actually make anything. He just drew it on a sheet of paper. But oh, to actually true. invent that's it, you've got to produce oh, it. Oh, that's, that's yeah. a good point. That's yeah. what comic book artists do, isn't it? Um, well, we're making stories. <laughs> we're making stories. Oh, listen to him. So how do people follow you around? Um, find me on uh, YouTube and Instagram right now. Now, what, if you go to YouTube, what do you go for? My name. My last name is Arabic. It's Beetle spelled backwards. So it's... E-L-T-A, E is an Eddie, B is in boy. Okay. So Beatles, like the band, just backwards. Just backwards. And since my name is unique, I just use that on social media. Yeah, why not? At least so, people remember. Yeah, we need more followers. We're almost to 9,000 on YouTube. And okay. We're doing pretty good growing all that. What about social media? Um, Instagram and Facebook. I got off Twitter. Yeah, I, 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 I hate Twitter because it was just a rock fight. Yeah. That like I realized I would advertise my comics promote myself and like you get a couple yeah, likes yeah, in this yeah, yeah, yeah. if i would insult someone and get in an ugly fight i get all these likes and all stuff so it just re- rewards insane behavior yeah yeah and, and, and that's I, we have to stop that and I, and I wanted to get off for a few years and i just deactivated my account like a month and a half ago i'm like i, I don't want to do this anymore feel better huh way better way twitter is an outrage it works on the addiction pathway like a slot machine addiction is most reinforced when it's random rewards and twitter the algorithm knows to feed you liberal stuff you hate and then give you one good conservative thing, and then feed you liberal stuff you hate, and then randomly give you a conservative. So they got to figure I'm it out. I'm convinced man. that that's what they're doing. So you keep clicking on Twitter because it's all, oh, I hate this. I hate. Oh, good. Oh, I hate this. I. And then you're just like you're angry all day, yeah. and it's point. I hate no, I, I'm right. I'm yeah. right there with you. Yeah. The only thing I look at are cars and cooking. Right. 
Yeah. There's nothing better than Twitter for sports scores, though. So. Oh, there's that, too. Yeah. So. Except for the Padres. Yeah. Did they, they, won won, they were 6-0 to zero when I was uh, out at lunchtime. They won 7 oh. to nothing today. There so. you go. Finally. It doesn't go mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We're still under 500 oh and God, all that. So I'm a tank. Negative. Well, my idea for sports, if you came out, if you came out as a baseball player, uh-huh. you get 50000 a year. Okay. You get a home run, you get five grand. Oh. You hit a triple, okay. you get 3500 Okay. You drop a ball in the field, you lose 1500 Ooh. What kind of sports would we have if it was all based on that? I don't know. Instead of the way we're basing it now. Ugh. Pretty crazy. I hope they turn it around. I hope they do, too. Man, it's been great having you on, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again okay. for sure. And everybody go check it out. And what's your daughter? What's a good way to find uh, your Minnie. daughter? Minnie. She's uh, Minnie Altaib. She's on Instagram, too. She's on my YouTube channel. Okay. And she's always at the Madhouse a couple times a week. She's All at right. the comedy store sometimes. And, uh, yeah, she's doing really good. Stop by and say so, hi. Yeah, she's there at night. So. All right, very good. And that's why I want her to have her own concealed carry, too, by the way. Yes. A woman going out. Well, look night. at the Not Me SD. Right. Rich told me about that. That's so. awesome. I mean, tell her to get a couple of her girlfriends together. Right. That's always I was going to send my wife and her together. Well, that's even better. That's yeah. even, you got her talked into it, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they want to. My daughter bought a Glock, too. She oh, loves so it. you're halfway there. All right, folks, subscribe to our show and give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, and please support all our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International. Thanks to Joe Germisi, Alicia Curtin, and Sam the Gunman, and Brendan Thomas, and Gabe. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Don't touch that dial. Bob Siegel's in the house, and he's going to have a great show lined up for you right here on the Gun Owners Radio Show. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.